and welcome to today's employer advisory session. Understanding the workplace implications, CDC updated mask requirements for vaccinated people. My name is Jamie Webb Akasaka, and I am the Vice President Legal Counsel supporting One Digital's HR consulting team. Joining me today is Riley Billion, HR Strategy Consultant in One Digital's New England region. As you know, this series of advisory sessions has been in response to a rapidly changing employer landscape where business and HR leaders have been forced to take unprecedented actions to protect employees and their organization. And so here we are yet again. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control, or the CDC, recently made a major announcement about mask requirements for vaccinated people on May 13th. And we recognize that this surprising shift has left people with a lot of questions about what it all means. So today we will discuss what the CDC's new mask rules are, how the CDC's new rules impact OSHA requirements, and most importantly, what solutions are available to employers to comply with these constantly changing rules. So let's get started. Riley, can you tell us first what the CDC's new rules are? Yeah, Jamie, thank you so much. I think as you hit on, the CDC's most recent update regarding fully vaccinated individuals came a little bit faster than I think most employers anticipated. In broad strokes, the guidance states that fully vaccinated people can be mask-free indoors and out without social distancing, except for otherwise required by law. Some state and local laws may differ, so we always caution that you ensure that you're aware of your local regulations at play. If your state is still requiring masks or other restrictions, you must still follow those guidelines and guidance there. However, if your local and state regulations follow the CDC guidance, this means that you have the choice to allow fully vaccinated individuals to be mask-free. Remember, you can always go above and beyond what the CDC and local laws regulate, meaning as an employer in a private place of business, you can still require all employees and visitors to wear masks regardless of vaccination status. Keep in mind that this new guidance is only for fully vaccinated individuals, meaning somebody has received their full vaccine dosage at least 14 days prior to taking off that mask. Not everyone should throw away their masks just yet. The CDC still advises that non-vaccinated people wear masks, and you likely have a few individuals who won't be getting the vaccine or are still within their second dosage or 14-day window, meaning it's still advised that they mask up. In addition, if you work in an office building, the building itself may impose mask guidelines in shared spaces like a cafeteria, hallways, or an elevator. So again, don't get rid of those masks just yet. We'll get more into how you might want to track vaccination status of your workers to determine who could be eligible to show their full face at work or in the office. Some of the other guidance that the CDC recently released was also regarding their travel updates and workplace exclusion and testing requirements. They clarified how fully vaccinated people can travel a little bit more normally. As an employer, you might start to see an uptick in vacation requests and may want to amend any COVID travel or vacation policies you have in place. The guidance says that fully vaccinated people can travel within the U.S. without testing before or after travel, and they no longer have to self-quarantine after local or international travel. 
if fully vaccinated people go out of the country, it's still required that they test before returning to the U.S. And it's recommended to test a few days or three to five days after they return as well. Further, if a fully vaccinated individual has known exposure but is not showing symptoms, so they're asymptomatic, they can continue to work without testing or quarantine with limited exception. You may want to consider how you'll handle employees with known exposure who are asymptomatic, keeping in mind you can always go above and beyond this guidance if you like, as long as you remain consistent across the board with your workforce. We also suggest that you communicate clear guidance for your employees on if and how they should let you know of any known exposure to ensure they're not coming back to work if they're feeling sick. My rule of thumb is to leave nothing up to assumption. That's where misunderstandings can happen with employees. This guidance does feel a little bit like fully vaccinated people can go back to their regularly scheduled lives, keeping in mind that everybody still needs to take precautions such as getting tested if experiencing COVID-19 symptoms and following employer guidance. Jamie, with the CDC's surprising update, I know other regular bodies, regulatory bodies, were scrambling to figure out how they'd respond. Can you walk us through OSHA's response to the CDC's recent news? Yes, for sure. So I know many people are excited about the prospect of relaxed mask requirements, but like you said, Riley, the next step in this discussion is how do the CDC changes affect OSHA? And we need to talk about OSHA because OSHA, not the CDC, actually oversees and enforces federal workplace safety requirements. So this is yet another layer of complication to the situation that we need to address. So as of January 29th, OSHA issued guidance directing employers not to distinguish between workers who are vaccinated and those who are not in terms of their safety rules. And then more recently, OSHA's May 17th announcement specifically directs employers to refer to CDC guidance on measures appropriate to protect fully vaccinated workers while it reviews the CDC's newest guidance for vaccinated employees. Now, it's not really clear at this point where OSHA is going to go with this statement. They may ultimately follow the CDC's guidance and adopt it. They may make their own rule for vaccinated workers, or they may revert back to their earlier statement about not distinguishing between vaccinated or unvaccinated workers. But for now, OSHA's current position just means that employers will not be penalized for following the CDC's guidance for vaccinated workers. Other than that, nothing has really changed on OSHA's rules requiring employers to provide a safe workplace. So the general duty clause of the Occupational Safety and Health Act requires each employer to provide employees with a workplace that is free from recognized hazards that are causing or are likely to cause death or serious physical harm. So this leads to the question of what are OSHA's requirements for COVID prevention? So employers still must provide face coverings to workers at no cost to the worker. Um, and that's regardless of whether or not they are vaccinated, because somebody who is vaccinated obviously may choose to wear their mask at different times if they feel so inclined. Uh, workers should wear the face coverings while at work. 
Now, this may be where that uh, CDC rule kind of creeps in for OSHA, right? Where um, it's saying, OSHA is saying that you can follow the CDC's uh, rules for protections for vaccinated employee, uh, employees. But non-vaccinated employees should still be wearing masks. So if employees are unable to wear masks due to a medical or other protected reason, employers must engage in the interactive process to determine what reasonable accommodations may be available. In addition to the face covering requirement, OSHA is also requiring social distancing. Again, this is relaxed for vaccinated workers only based on the CDC's guidance. Otherwise, all OSHA standards remain in effect. And you can check out these rules in detail on OSHA's website at osha.gov slash coronavirus. And actually, Riley and I were just talking the other day about how sometimes the websites can be a little um, confusing to follow because sometimes the rules are not always stated the same in the same places. And sometimes you have that bar across the top that says, forget everything that's down here. There's something new that just happened. Uh, so make sure you're still paying attention to all of those things. Now, you may be asking, do I really have to do this? Employers who violate OSHA rules can receive a citation, and the amount of the penalty varies depending on the type of citation that you may get. It could be anywhere from over $13,000 per violation to over $136,000 per violation. And if you don't correct the problem, it can be over $13,000 per day that the violation is not corrected. So you're looking at the potential for some big fines. And that's why we're obviously talking about it today. Um, there's another possibility that is currently being discussed, which is that OSHA may issue its own emergency temporary standard or ETS, specifically addressing COVID. So on April 26th, OSHA submitted a draft ETS to the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs to review, which is one of the final steps before the ETS can be published in the Federal Register. And then if an ETS is published, OSHA would begin working on a permanent standard that would go into effect within six months. Now, there are several states that already have their own emergency temporary standards in place, which may already provide specific mask requirements. And also, there are 28 states with OSHA-approved plans where they provide for more strict rules than what OSHA requires. So in any of those states with more strict requirements than federal OSHA, you will be following your state or local rules, even as it relates to, relates to vaccinated workers. And I actually uh, checked, as of this week, there are still 19 states uh, that do have mask requirements, although I know several of those states are going to be ending those requirements in June, California being one of them. Uh, so be sure to continue to look at those rules and stay on top of them as we go. Yeah, Jamie, I know that this brings up a lot of questions for our employers. And I know employers, as you said, they're feeling cautiously excited as they try to interpret what this means for them and their workforce in any potential return to office strategies or how to handle the day-to-day -day with their employees. There's so much kind of information coming in um, almost um, real time that it's, it's so hard to stay abreast of. And as you said, those 19 states are likely to change their restrictions, you know, on the flip of a dime within the next few days. 
The next slide that we wanted to talk about poses many questions that may be discussion amongst leadership, such as if you'll follow the guidance right away or create a different timeline. If this may speed up any return to office plans, maybe you were originally targeting the fall and maybe you want to bring people back sooner as restrictions lift. If and how you'll track vaccination status and how to support employees through this new transition phase in anxiety. The first question that we want to tease out is how you'll actually handle masks at work. There are a few options here. First option is to keep things as is and continue on with a mask requirement for all, regardless of vaccination status. Maybe you decide to welcome people back into the office and keep the mask mandate at work for the first week or two as people get used to just coming back into work and seeing real people in real time. That's going to be a transition in and of itself. Keeping folks remote is certainly another option to stay socially distant and mask free. Or you can implement what I like to call a mask or vax policy, which allows fully vaccinated employees to go mask free if they'd like to. They have the choice potentially at that point. They can still wear their mask if they choose to. Or maybe we implement that masks need to be worn regardless of vaccination status in certain areas where people may congregate, like the lunchroom or conference areas. However you choose, it's important that you think about your culture other ongoing safety protocols and ensure that you're communicating with your employees about what your policy about masks are at work so they have a clear understanding of what to expect. This will help eliminate any misunderstandings, provide reassurance, and allows employees to potentially get comfortable with the idea of coming into work and seeing everyone's full faces. There could be new hires on your team who are seeing people's full face for the first time or meeting people in person for the first time too. So keep that in mind as we bring people back in maybe mask-free environments where we can. Whatever your stance is, keep in mind that this is going to be a transition and may spark some anxieties for employees, even if they are fully vaccinated. Allow for that open space for people to ask questions and for us as leaders to provide ongoing communication and reassurance is crucial. Amy, if employers want to go without masks in the workplace, how do they figure out who is fully vaccinated or not and who is eligible to be mask-free or not at work? That's a really good question, Riley. There's so much to kind of unpack in that um, question, right? And first and foremost, do you check their vaccination status or do you just take their word for it, right? That, that may present some challenges in and of itself. So, um, you know, obviously if you're taking your word, their word for it, um, you're avoiding some of the documentation rules, but at the same time, um, you're not, using any other kind of verification techniques, you're just kind of going on the honor system, which means that there may be people who may not um, be truthful in what they're saying. So some considerations there, but let's kind of talk about how that will work, right? So first and foremost, remember that if the vaccine isn't mandatory for your employees, they can decline to answer questions about being vaccinated. So if they decline, you may indicate declined uh, at the state or no proof of vaccination provided in your records if that's something that you're doing. Um, if someone does indicate that they're vaccinated, you can ask for vaccine documentation. 
However, you should actively tell employees that they don't have to provide any additional medical or family history information, uh, right? You don't want to create a situation that violates the ADA or GINA. And, you know, this comes up naturally in conversation, right? Oh, I got it because of this or whatever, you know? And But same thing if someone says that they aren't vaccinated. You don't want to ask why they're not vaccinated. Just leave it at that, right? And this was actually um, a really kind of important idea for me because another way to create an, an issue could be to ask how people felt after their second shot. And we're all naturally curious. And I know I've asked my family and friends the same question, but asking employees could reveal a disability status that you otherwise really shouldn't know about, right? So there's lots of things to think about if you're going to be asking for that information. And then if you do get it, get some information, you know, you have to remember to maintain confidentiality and people's privacy. So whatever information you retain to show that an employee is vaccinated, if it's, uh, if you retain copies of their documents or if you have some other kind of uh, notation, it is required to be maintained separate from a personnel file with limited access. And it's best practice that supervisors do not have direct access to employee medical records, uh, but they should be kept secure and confidential with limited access. Uh, so make sure you're, you're thinking about those things as well. Uh, and then finally, you know, the CDC rules don't really affect the need to engage in the interactive process and provide reasonable accommodations where appropriate. Employers still need to do it. So if someone has a serious health condition and can't be around anyone who isn't masked, you may need to address other options for that employee. Uh, remember, even though you may have been vaccinated, you may still get the virus. You're just less likely to get a severe case or die from it, right? Um, but as an aside, I also wanted to point out that EEOC is also considering what to do with the CDC's new rules. So hopefully you're familiar with the publication, What You Should Know About COVID-19 and the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, and other EEO laws. That's on the EEO's website. It's a great resource with lots of information. Um, and it includes a section providing information to employers and employees about how a COVID-19 vaccination interacts with legal requirements under federal law. Um, but the website, and again, this kind of goes back to our discussion, Riley, the website posted a notice saying that the EEOC is considering any impact of the CDC's new developments on their uh, EEOC's COVID-19 technical assistance that has been provided to date. So another thing to kind of keep an eye out for, if there's going to be forthcoming guidance on that as well. But Riley, what are your thoughts on how, you know, logistically employers can try to manage some of these things, right? There's all these kind of technicalities, but what are some other considerations we should be thinking about? Yeah, I think the biggest thing in my mind, Jeannie, is that going back to the communication piece, we've continued to talk about communicating with employees and why it's so important that they feel in the know as it provides them a clear understanding of what the boundaries are and aren't at work. 
So we want to be sure whether it be via email, explaining a new policy paired with manager communication or an all staff meeting, or even better, all of the above, just getting in front of our employees, explaining the why we're moving to a different policy if we are, or why we're keeping something in place for the time being and what that timeline looks like. Employees, I go back to this, you've heard me say this a few times already, but they're bound to have a little bit of a fear and anxiety. So making sure that we're providing that open space between managers, HR leaders, even if it's just to hear out their concerns and allow a little bit of empathy, understanding that this is going to be a transition for all while we reassure our safety standards. I also think too, you know, as we navigate the workplace, there are going to be people who may be wearing masks and there are even more might be people who are mask free. There could be a sense from employees that they might want to start probing or prodding into why people are still wearing masks, which again, goes against that culture of respect of one another. So making sure that we're fostering that culture of respect, not probing or prodding into others' comfort levels of why they're still wearing a mask or not. It's a good reminder of a respectful workplace and anti-discrimination and harassment policies. Uh, Jamie, I think you brought up such a great example when we were talking yesterday and you said, yeah, make sure that you're not even asking, you know, how did you do with the second vaccine? And I immediately said to myself, oh, wow, that's such a good point. And that's just happens in, in common language with one another. One another. You just say, how were you feeling? But it could lead to somebody saying, oh, I, it really flared up. You you know, one of my disabilities. And that's just goes down a lane that we don't necessarily need to know or want to know as an employer from a discrimination standpoint. People coming back to the office of maybe seeing each other for the first time in 15 months. So there is going to be a sense of camaraderie, but be be sure to keep it colored between the lines. There will be a lot of excitement and also angst. So make sure that we're preparing for both sides of the spectrum. Also consider if your transition back to the office may be faster than you originally anticipated, or if you'll continue at your predetermined pace. Either way, communicate outwardly as proactively as possible to your employees, giving as much notice as possible so they can plan for the transition back, any child or pet care needs, and download some good podcasts for their commute back to the office. I know we've talked a lot about what changes might be ahead for employers, Jamie, but what do you think they should also continue to do as well? Well... Actually, Riley, I wanted to kind of add on to what you were talking about uh, just a moment ago in terms of that communication piece, which I think is so important. Um, I I wanted to recommend to our listeners that you should consider adding a process for when employees are concerned that someone who is not vaccinated doesn't have their mask on. You know, rather than let employees confront each other, there should be an internal process by which employees can communicate their concern and the proper person within the organization can address it directly. So you want to avoid people getting into altercations in the workplace about this. So, uh, you know, having that kind of structure and then communicating that to employees, right? You know, once you say, okay, this is how we're determining vaccination and whatever, and Um, you know, our HR director will be managing that process. If you have any concerns, please, you know, direct any questions directly to them or however you want to structure it, right? 
So just kind of uh, letting people know what the processes are and what avenues they have to determine that, right? Because they may not necessarily know if somebody has, you know, shown that they have been vaccinated in order to go without a mask because you're going to have those privacy issues. We've, I've seen some questions about, uh, you know, can you use like lanyards or pins or stickers or other symbols that workers know that it's okay that they're walking around without a mask, but you may run into privacy issues by doing that. So if you designate, you know, a certain person or a team to monitor mask usage and only they have access to who is authorized, um, you know, you can still maybe use some kind of confidential coding or, or, you know, that private list, but definitely limiting that access. Um, so just some additional considerations on, on, you know, how you're even want to be thinking about these kinds of things. But um, going back to your question, Riley, so in terms of, you know, what should I continue doing? Um, you know, really, we're still kind of working through this process, right? And for all employees, regardless of their vaccination status, uh, they're going to want to continue to monitor themselves for symptoms, right? Um, because like I said, even if you're vaccinated, you still may uh, test positive or, or get COVID, just maybe not as severely as you otherwise would. So making sure you're just checking yourself every day before you come to work. How am I feeling? Do I have a temperature? Do I have a cough? You know, all those kinds of usual things people have been checking. Um, there should still be COVID testing in the workplace when it's appropriate, right? If somebody um, is feeling sick or whatever and they want to go get tested uh, to determine if they have COVID, regardless of their vaccination status, again, that's appropriate. And certain industries or uh, locations may have other testing requirements, right? Uh, and so you would still want to continue to follow those rules uh, depending on however they're structured and regardless of, of vaccination status. Um, and similarly, obviously, if somebody does have symptoms or they do test positive, they should remain outside of the workplace for the required period of time. Definitely continue to maintain your PPE and other safe safety strategies as needed. And continue to follow federal and state and local rules. Um, and I'm sure you've noticed that some states have already started to mirror the CDC guidelines or have indicated that they will be doing so in the near future. So making sure you're up to date on all of those rules, uh, because you're going to be following what is most conservative out of, you know, sort of the, the bowl of rules that get handed to us. So make sure you're aware of all of those different components. Well, uh, Riley, it looks like we've received some questions in the chat and, um, you know, we've noticed some trends in the questions, so we'll take a, some time to respond to a few of these. Uh, so, Riley, a really good question came in. How does this uh, CDC rule apply to visitors to our business? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think, Jamie, it kind of goes back to some of the trickiness of determining as an employer who has been vaccinated or not. And so one rule of thumb that you could do is just say all, all visitors need to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. You could put it on the honor system and maybe communicate to people and say, you know, if you've been, we ask that you wear a mask 
if unless you've been fully vaccinated. I'm not sure if employers, and maybe I'll tag you in here, Jamie, but I'm not sure if employers could necessarily be or should be asking visitors for vaccination proof per se. That might feel a little bit violating from that visitor, customer, or client. So my take would be create a rule of thumb out of the gate, communicate that outwardly, whether it be you know a sign on your front door place of business saying we require masks for everybody or please wear a mask unless you're fully vaccinated. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, you know, I definitely think those are all things to consider. Um, and obviously, again, there may be different rules for uh, different states and locations, um, as well as different scenarios. So if you're open to the public, you may have a different rule than if you are a private office building, right? And um, you can control a little bit more about who is brought in. And you can work on a policy with that for your employees to say, um, you know, that we're not bringing visitors into the building yet, right? You can say that, um, that the, uh, meetings should be scheduled offsite or something like that if you're going to be doing um, one of those things. Or you can allow people in. Uh, and, you know, again, making sure that you're just kind of following those guidelines. Um, again, I would caution against, uh, you know, asking people uh, questions that may lead to uh, discussion about disability or other protected category, uh, because there are rules for that as well uh, outside of just the employer context. Um, and there are states that are uh, considering you know, banning uh, vaccine passports, right? So that's another kind of consideration in terms of saying, you know, you can only get access if you've been vaccinated. Uh, so there's a lot of things to really look at in your area to determine, you know, what can I really do? Now, uh, it also sort of depends on your culture or the type of business. If you want to allow, say, the public to come in and feel comfortable and just be how they want to be, uh, maybe you're providing that extra layer of protection for your employees so the employees feel safe, right? And saying, well, our employees will be masked, but uh, patrons can come in uh, unmasked if they have been vaccinated, right? Or um, whatever the case may be, if they feel, however they feel comfortable. So you're just going to be taking all, all those things into consideration, really. Uh, it's not just a yes or no question, unfortunately. There's just a lot of consideration still. I suspect that more towards the end of the summer, we'll be in a little bit of a different place and people will kind of have a better sense of, okay, you know, this is, this is what we feel comfortable with or our numbers are great. You know, we're, we're going to ditch the masks altogether or whatever the case may be. Um, so again, this is a bit of a temporary situation, right? Like all things in life, but um, you know, this is where we're at in this moment. And so you know, everybody just is trying to do their best to, to, uh, to get through. Yeah. And I think similar, another question that came in similar along the lines of visitors, but if a client or customer asks about an employee's vaccination status, how should the employer answer? So there are, um, obviously concerns about employee privacy, right? So, you wouldn't want to answer and say, oh yeah, Joe's been vaccinated or whatever the case may be, right? Um, but you're going to want to probably talk about your company policy, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a policy mandating 
vaccination, you can say it is our policy that our employees are, uh, you know, vaccinated, um, you know, barring any type of um, exception or something like that, that may be applicable to somebody with, uh, you know, medical condition or other protected status. Or you could say, um, you know, we're encouraging our employees to be vaccinated. Uh, We, you know, have them monitor for symptoms. We do testing or whatever you may be doing in the workplace. You can say what your policies are to provide that extra layer of comfort uh, to patrons and and clients. Um, But again, you're going to want to be careful about sort of outing uh, individual employees specifically. What have you been seeing in the field, Riley? Yeah, I think a lot of my clients have been giving round numbers to people who ask and really getting excited. I had one client who said 93% of our team is fully vaccinated. And those numbers are astounding for where we are in today's landscape. But as just as they say that, that's just such a, te- a testament of reassurance. And as you mentioned, Jamie, communicating those ongoing protocols of what we are doing. So whether it be, you know, well, you you know, our protocol is that we don't share specific employee information. However, I want to share the confidence that we have 93% of our workforce fully vaccinated. And these are the other things that we're currently doing as well. You know, before we have a, uh, an employee come on to your site, we'd be happy to ensure that they um, self-attest that they aren't experiencing any symptoms and just leave it at that. And then, you know, kind of it takes the ownership away of providing a specific answer of if Riley Billion has been vaccinated or not and gets it back to can't provide that. But what I can confirm for you is all of these things that we are doing. Another question that came in, um, Jamie, and this kind of goes back to your lanyards and coding system that you had mentioned. So one of my clients has asked if we're allowing fully vaccinated employees to go mask free at work. Is that segregating unvaccinated people? And am I at risk for discrimination or quote unquote outing those who haven't been vaccinated? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, again, this is actually a choice on the part of the employee if they wanna share whether or not they're vaccinated and even if they want to go uh, with or without a mask if they are vaccinated. So, you know, some people who are vaccinated still feel like they need to wear a mask. Maybe they have young children at home or, you know, an immunocompromised family member at home, but they still need to take extra precautions or things like that. Um, So because it's their choice, if they want to uh, follow the uh, policy that they can be unmasked if they're vaccinated, that is, uh, you know, their choice. So uh, there's definitely kind of like a bit of a fine line, right? Where um, you're not uh, doing something proactively necessarily to out them, but if they're choosing to share that information, that's okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think it's a a true testament that likely, say, Monday, you allow for fully vaccinated people to go mask-free. That doesn't mean that all fully vaccinated people are going to feel comfortable going mask-free. And so... No, we're not segregating people because they then have the choice of what they want to be doing. Um, So just because somebody's wearing a mask doesn't mean that they're not vaccinated. And honestly, it's their prerogative whether they are vaccinated or not, as long as we're not mandating that at work. 
Um, so I, I, I'm, um, I think that we've answered a lot of different questions here, Jamie. Were there any others that you wanted to talk about or should we wrap this up? Um, I think that we can really wrap this up. So uh, thank you all for joining us today. As always, uh, One Digital Compliance Team and Strategic Workforce Consultants are here to help you navigate these changes and keep you informed as developments occur. So don't hesitate to reach out and learn more. And I'd like to remind everyone that you can view this employer advisory session and past sessions and additional resources on our website. We'll see you next time. Thank you.